On this week's episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, we close out Pride Month with the much-anticipated conclusion of Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga with her fourth installment, Breaking Dawn, and its two-part screen adaptation. We asked the question, though, why did we do this? I was asking myself that question so many times this week, it's not even funny. Also, we just really want to give a shout-out and a big thank you to Hollywood for leaving out the mention of Jacob's stud services. Content warning for this episode. Um, you know, I, I guess it's a loosely referenced abortion or the attempt. And then I think we need to sit back and realize that this whole story is essentially them trying to kill a child. It's awful. All right, welcome back, everyone. Mel B and Jackie D here, finally closing out Twilight Month. We made it. We did it. The question is, did we survive it? We're still on the fence about that. Barely. We are, yeah. We are sleep-deprived, and we are definitely spiraling in a deep depression. There's, I don't think I have enough medication for this month. But, you know, if you haven't already, please like, follow, share, you know, whatever you need to do whenever podcast platform you're listening to us on there's the the spotify and the apple and apparently like google and amazon we have some numbers on there too oh and they, yeah we have Very some nice. numbers. yeah so whoever you are out there listening on those cool welcome our social media is their same name read watch dnf you know we got the the twitters and the instagram and the we have a facebook but i hate facebook um, but we're back on tiktok <laughs> We made it. We're not banned anymore. Actually, no, I lied. We're still banned. We just <laughs> yeah. We had to create a new account. <laughs> yes, but we're back. <laughs> and the dedication, our f bombs this week are going out to all you twihards. That's our new favorite word. That's all you crazy Twilight fanatics who created a paranormal dynasty out of this franchise and spawned legions of fan fiction atrocities, such as Fifty Shades of Grey. Are we ever going to do that or no? We should. We yeah. really should. Um, maybe we break it up this time. Mm-mm, and no. Don't it. do it an entire month. What, there are three or four of them now. There's Well, there was the one that was written from his perspective. Oh. There's three main books. Yeah. Fifty Shades, Fifty Shades. It's Fifty Shades, darker. Fifty Shades Darker, and Fifty Shades, and 50 Shades Freed. Free. Yeah. No, man, we got to do it. Because what's her face is like just as bad as Kristen Stewart. Well, that and I just can't get that thing out of my head that I read about Jamie Dornan, how he had to reteach himself how to walk for the role of Christian oh, yeah. Grey because he walks <laughs> on his toes naturally. So, so he had weird. to teach himself how to walk like a normal person. I love you, Jamie Dornan. I really, really do. But that was a bad idea. All right, what are, what are we drinking? Um, so this is what I'm drinking. I'm just going to drink straight vodka with some red food coloring. Okay? And we'll okay. call it something vampire-ish. Okay. I, I need straight liquor to make it through this. <laughs> no fancy foo-foo drink, nothing. It, it's got to be hardcore straight liquor. Jackie? Well, James took care of me at Jimbo's, and I had the two Vienna lagers there. For those of you who want to try a decent local to Virginia brew, it's Devil's Backbone. It's pretty good. Uh, but now I, I I went downstairs. I got my Yeti wine glass and went downstairs and I got some of that dark red blend box. Oh, wine. yeah, yeah. 
Wine Cube. Target. Hell yeah, Wine Cube. Yep, yep, yep. Jackie, she did us a solid again this week. She found us not one, but two drinking games. Yeah, so if if you decide to watch these movies back to back and do both of these drinking games, you're going to be gone. Like, I'm <laughs> pretty sure you're going to be vaporized. But this is from foreveryoungadult.com. They seem to be my go-to for the Twilight Saga. They're pretty good. I appreciate their sense of humor. So it's they're my go-to. We'll be back Yay. to the Canadians next week, probably. We Although the Canadians I, too. I, I don't know if we'll be able to find a drinking game for <laughs> Red Badge of Courage. Oh, I know. We might just have to make up our own. Let me do a search after we finish this, and, and mm-hmm. I'll let you know if I find anything. Okay. That's a tomorrow but, Jackie problem, not a today Jackie problem. I, I just also have an issue with drinking while watching Audie Murphy, because the <laughs> army and me would feel really guilty about it. I don't know. No, I think he'd support it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so the... Forever Young Adult Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 drinking game. Again, there are multiple sections. We have the forever present take a drink when. We also have take a shot when. We have chug for the duration of. Empty the bottle or glass for. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So those are our sections for this one. We don't have a pour one out for this one. Okay. Okay, so take a drink when. First section, Edward bites a human. So I guess that's when he's telling Bella about his past, which happened in a different book, not this book. Also at the end, though, when he's trying to turn her. Yeah. He bites her like five or six times. Yeah. Yep. He also Uh, bites a pillow. Does that count? Uh, (laughs) If the feathers originally came from a human, maybe. Um, (laughs) Charlie makes you cry. He made what? me cry from laughter almost in his in his toast. Is Char- was Charlie supposed to make us cry? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I'm so lost now. Tears of joy when he gave his toast would would I mean, probably it is a good be one. the closest I got. Yeah, right. I see. I see Nick doing that for our daughter's wedding yeah. one day. Yeah, there's a toast at the wedding, and that's one of those movie montage things. So it goes. Alice, Emmett, Charlie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jessica, everybody. People who I, th- who I think have no business getting up there doing a toast anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jessica. Uh, <laughs> the movie tries to justify Jacob's impending imprint. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for each of the bruises Edward finds on Bella the morning after, Bella just fell, fell down the stairs is all. <laughs> <laughs> she walked into a door a couple times. Yeah. Uh, the pro-life versus pro-choice theme makes you uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just the a camera, baby. <laughs> yeah, the camera pans to Jasper. Oh, you'll like this one, Mel. Seth Clearwater is adorable. Oh, uh, boo-boo. Boo-boo. I love him. Yeah. You feel deathly afraid of being pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> the cesarean dentata occurs. <laughs> a chug come on yeah no it's not it's just take a drink when no chug Uh, it (laughs) pour it out into your throat (laughs) michael sheen appears love him but didn't he only appear in the end credits scene um or was it before then yeah it's at the end i oh no it because uh the wedding 
flashbacks or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. When he when he gets the announcement or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Then they have this picture of what looks like a blood bag. And it said at the Alamo Draft House, they serve this delicious sangria in a blood blood bag. Do they? Oh, my. For probably for this movie. For this movie, they did. Oh, wait. You know, that's what we need to do. We need to go to Alamo. We have one near us. Yeah. It's an Ashburn or something. Oh, I wonder what they would do for Top Gun. Oh, you keep talking. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Okay, so the next section, we are into the take a shot win category. Uh, Charlie declares his own hotness. I think that does Uh, deserve a shot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Stephanie Meyer appears. Oh, yeah, she is because she's in the wedding. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I totally just did not pay attention for that. Yeah, nobody cares. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Edward breaks the headboard. Yes. The getting ready for sex montage occurs. That's only one shot. Yeah, I feel like that needs to be a chug. Yeah, yeah. You see the science of Bella's insides. Oh, at the end? Yep. Okay, the next category is chug for the duration of. uh, Number one is the wedding kiss. Okay. The second one is the Volvo commercial. Oh, yeah. I think think the whole series is a Volvo commercial, really. (laughs) Any vampire sparkling. Uh... The wolf telepathic powwow, this one might kill you. And I'm pretty sure that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Jacob runs to the rest of the wolf pack and they're all in wolf form and they're just going back and forth. Um, And then chug for the duration of Bella drinking blood. Oh, gross. Yep. And the final category is empty the bottle or glass for the imprint. So when Jacob goes in to uh, kill stupid name and then he falls on his knees yeah (sighs) yeah so that is the breaking dawn part one drinking game and they have a picture of themselves drinking the blood bags at the alamo draft house down at the bottom and they look like really fun people i'm so i want to meet them yeah okay we jumping into breaking dawn part two drinking game This one has the good old take a drink, take a shot, chug, and pour one out is back. It's just a waste. It's just a waste. (laughs) Okay, take a drink for the pretty title credits. That seems like it should be a chug. For the title? I mean, I guess it's all right. I don't know. I think the the end credits are better. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> Take a drink when you realize the pretty title credits have gone on for way too long. It, yeah. No. Whenever Bella does something that's so new vampire. Like what? <laughs> and this one is good. When Bella does the sexy crawl during her first hunt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where she's crawling but after I, the uh, mountain lion. Her little peekaboo thing is so funny to me. Okay, this one is probably one that will eventually kill you if you actually do all of the rules, but it's whenever Renesmee's face totally creeps you out. Every single time she's on screen. Every time. The CGI on that is absolutely horrible. Yeah. I don't understand what they were doing there, but, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, moving on. Take a drink for the sparkly orgasm. Oh my god, yes! (laughs) That is what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
it's all okay. slow-mo and yeah. 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 And yeah. totally unnecessary. It is every special. time, <laughs> every time you think, God, I love Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When, when Jacob undresses. <laughs> Jacob. I love, that's my, one of my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob put yeah. your clothes back on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when, Defo- when Dakota Fanning tosses something into a fire, every time a new ethnic vampire shows up. Yeah. I love this one. This would be the entire time he's on screen, but whenever Lee Pace is particularly charming. I, I just so love nice. Lee Pace. I love him. But I he's another so one of those actors where I'm like, how did they trick you into this? Yeah. This was the last... Well, I guess at that point it is making a lot of money, but mm-hmm. I would have to assume that he's seen or at least watched the other ones before he agreed to sign on. Yeah, and then to have an act. Well, maybe he's like, "Well, Michael Sheen's doing it, Dakota Fanning. I guess I will." I'm like, "Come yeah. on, man!" I just that's not a good enough reason, though. Actually, like, look at the material. He's like, "You're too good for this." Yeah, I loved him in Pushing Daisies. I love that show. Yeah. I was so I sad when it got canceled. Period. Yeah. Okay, uh, whenever Alex Smog Monster appears. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For Charlie's seriously, like, six inches comment. Yeah. When they go over to his house. He's like, no, seriously, like, six inches. You've grown half a foot. No, I'm like, serious, like, six inches. That's It's totally six inches. Um, I, I like this one, too. For Ara's maniacal laugh. <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's almost like serial killer creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And when Alice kicks a guy in the chin. The biggest one that oh, I can yeah. think of is the arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it doesn't happen. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Next section. Take a shot for shirtless Jacob. Next <sighs> Over rule. it. <laughs> Next rule for pantless Jacob. Wait, what? Whenever he takes his pants off. You don't see I, it, but you know he did I know. it. Yeah. You know what really makes me uncomfortable is what? during that scene when he starts to unbutton, like, there's a little bit of a bulge and I don't like it. I don't want to <laughs> see it. It makes me uncomfortable. Well, it was probably a sock, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When the movie pretends to be feminist. Yeah. Which is often... When Jacob gives Renesmee the promise bracelet. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah and then the final take a shot rule is for every holy shit moment in the battle because holy shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. with that. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Chug, same as always. Sparkly vampire. Duration of sparkling. Sparkly vampire. Yep. And then pour one out, final section. There's two rules. Uh, pour one out for the mountain lion. And then the second one is when the ending, credit, ending credits show a photo of a character who has died. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because they show the credits for, or they show the photos of everybody that was in the whole series. Yeah. Even the mm-hmm. ones that got recasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those are our drinking games. So back to the Alamo. They don't have anything special for Top Gun, probably because it's been out a couple weeks. But mm. they do have an Elvis brunch. Mm. Yeah, they got a special menu for that this weekend. Hmm. Is it going to be yep. uh, like the what is it? The peanut butter and banana sandwich. Oh, um, 
You know what? I don't see that. Hmm. Yeah, it just looks like normal stuff, like breakfast tacos and French toast. But they do have some special cocktails. But yeah, so they have an Elvis brunch, and then there was something else for uh, Thor coming out. Oh, I kind of want to see that. Yeah, they got a special. They have though. They also have a brunch for that too. So very cool. nice. Yay! If anyone has an Alamo near you, Elvis and Thor brunch, get it. All right, where were we? Let's do this. Well, next we would normally go into who read and who watched, or as you like to say, Mel, who read watched. Who read watched? Um, we all read watched. Yeah. Actually, we watched read. Watched read, yeah. Because this month we're doing a little bit different. And then we, we watched, watched again. Yeah. And then we continued we watched, reading. We read, we watched, we read some more, then we watched again. Steven's angry at me because he's like, didn't we just watch this? Yeah. Apple is definitely doesn't think I watch anything else now. It only <laughs> comes up with Twilight. Well, so. all I can say is that even though we watched it multiple times, I'm still confused. Same. Same. Mm-hmm. So I was going through the notes for our outline. I'm like, wait, what happened? Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at. Why don't we talk about this story? All right. We have the overview, the storyline for the book. And then we also have it for the two parts, part one and part two, because it's broken up the Harry Potter, the shit out of this. Um, But here is what the overview storyline is for Breaking Dawn on the back of the book. It says, don't be afraid, I murmured. We belong together. I was abruptly overwhelmed by the truth of my own words. (laughs) This moment was so perfect, so right. There was no way to doubt it. His arms wrapped around me, holding me against him. It felt like every nerve ending in my body was a live wire. Forever, he agreed. What the fuck? (laughs) What is this? Whatever. It's infuriating. I hate it. And I don't know why. I just read it and I can't even read it with a straight face. It's so stupid to me. I think because I'm just so over it that this, maybe if I read this for the first time like a month ago, I would have been like, oh, okay. But now I read it and I go, stop. Stop it. (sighs) Well, this is the last one, so we don't have to revisit it anymore. Ever again. I'm going to throw this shit at the wall. Actually, I won't because that's disrespectful to the book, but maybe. Yeah. I'll throw it lightly. I'll toss it. (laughs) (laughs) Into the cloud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The movie, part one, Bella and Edward celebrate their wedding, but after their honeymoon on Al Esme... Things take a turn for the worse when Bella realizes she is pregnant. As the baby grows at an abnormally fast rate and causes many health problems to Bella, Edward and the Wolfpack fear that she may give birth to an immortal child. But the Collins will do everything they can to ensure that both Bella and the unborn child remain safe. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dumb. So it, the part one had an estimated budget of $110 million and it grossed... Yeah. 700 uh, over 712 million worldwide which guess what top gun passed by you yeah top gun's about to be billion here soon probably give it a week yeah uh oh and then the tagline that i saw on imdb was forever is only the beginning stop Mm -hmm. please let it end And then part two, the final Twilight Saga begins with Bella, now a vampire, learning to use her abilities and happy to see her daughter, Renesmee, is flourishing. But when someone sees Renesmee, 
do something that makes them think she was turned, this person goes to the Volturi because it is a violation to turn a child. And the penalty is death for both who turned the child into a vampire and the child. Because they deem a turned child uh, too dangerous. Yeah. This, the, this writing, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Alice gets a vision of the Volturi coming after them. So the Collins try to convince them that Renez Bay is not a threat. So they ask friends and family to come stand with them. But when someone who has it in for the Volturi shows up and tells them they should be ready for a fight and they get ready. It's it's stupid. This is awful. Like if I actually read this before I saw it or knew what it was about, I'd be like, I'm good. (laughs) Okay. Bella's a vampire. Shit happens. Happy ending. The end. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, $120 million estimated budget. $829 million just over that. It's actually close to $830 million uh, worldwide gross. Uh, I just... Top Gun's going to pass you very soon. Very, very soon. Yeah, they... um. So... I don't know if you realize this. Every time we go over the budget, they like keep doubling the budget from each. Yeah. Well, this obviously is, or but I think it started like what at twenty or something. I think it was more than that, but it wasn't by much. It yeah, definitely it was, was not in the three-digit millions. Yeah, no, it was yeah. it was pretty low, but it made a lot. That they just kept throwing more money at it. Yeah, which I will give it this: these two movies, the production value of them, I think, was a lot better than the previous one. So that's it. We, we see the money. Except for Renesmee's face. Yeah. But I have a review here um, that I think one of the movie reviews that we found talks about that. And they're like, just get over it. I'm like, okay, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the tagline for breaking Dawn part two though, was the epic finale that will live forever. God, I hope not. So the last couple of weeks, we've done things a little different. We pulled up some parent reviews and critic reviews. We saw what Reddit was going to do. Uh, this week, we're just going to stick to the normal reviews that we found because there's more of them since we had to do two sets for the two movies because there's no aggregate. And uh, we have to make it through two movies. So we got a lot. So let's just dive into it. Goodreads. Breaking Dawn is 3.72 out of 5. And that's oh, about a, a million and a half uh, user ratings. Surprisingly, though, the highest percentage of ra- like rates was five out of five, but then it just twenty four is four out of five, nineteen is three out of five, two out of five is ten percent, and eight percent. So I guess that the com- combination of all those just brings it down. But you know, whatever. Five out of five review here. It goes. Pro of reading this, or rereading this, I should say. I unashamedly love this book, and I am so ready for Midnight Sun. Con of reading this book, I kept thinking about that disgusting CGI baby. (laughs) I I have Midnight Sun on my shelf. I have not read it yet, and I don't know if I will now. I don't know if I... It's got... I don't know. I... We'll see. Well, that's that's what I thought that was so strange about Breaking Dawn in general, the book, because it goes a cha- uh, a book from Bella's perspective, then a book from Jacob's perspective, and then it goes back to Bella. Edward doesn't yeah. get any say. And, and I'm then thinking she's like, yeah, Stephanie she's Meyer, could, yeah, she couldn't figure out how to write from Edward's perspective at the time. I also think, I was thinking this when I was about halfway through the book, I don't think Stephanie Meyer gives a shit about Edward. No. 
I think her two main focus are uh, Bella and Jacob. Which is surprising considering the fact that he makes an appearance for all of five seconds in the first book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she wrote a whole book where Edward is like gone just so she could create this thing between Jacob and Bella. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. This uh, next review from Goodreads is a one out of five. It goes like this. Congratulations to Breaking Dawn for being the first book in human history to be so long, both emotionally and physically, that its length is measured in centuries and tears of boredom (laughs) shed rather than pages. In other words, snooze. Does anyone remember why I decided to reread this series? A lot of these reviews are from people who reread it. Yeah. Uh, Was it masochism, self-hatred, the desire to review every book I've ever read, divine punishment? Whatever it was, that shit hurted. I agree. (laughs) I think think that's our our review, too. I think that's, Mm -hmm. we wrote that. This Mm -hmm. last one is also one out of five because it's it's a little lengthy, but it's so funny. So it goes, for you dumbasses, but it's crossed out, and then they rewrote people. So for you dumbasses slash people, that look up to Bella Swan and think she's an inspiration, if such people exist in the world, read this. (laughs) 12 things that the Twilight series taught me. One, it's okay to abandon your parents after a graduation. Literally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two, when a vampire wants to kill you, hide out on the mountain and run for your life while your boyfriend's family fight to protect you. Three, It is the most romantic and beautiful thing in the world when a guy you barely know oils your bedroom window to watch you sleep when you don't even know it. (laughs) Four, beg your boyfriend to screw you over after he asks you to marry him. What? I don't, I don't get that part. Yeah. I don't beg your boyfriend to screw you over after he asks you to marry him. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Five, if your boyfriend leaves you forever, it is perfectly understandable to give up on life and stop living. There is no hope of you moving on, so what's the point of existing in the world? (laughs) Fact. Six, when you have two guys fight over you, choose the more perfect, beautiful, flawless one. For me, he's a possessive, controlling asshole. Do not, (laughs) under any cost, choose the less beautiful, flawed guy. Fact. Seven, it's okay not to have any aspirations, dreams, and goals for the future. When you have a hot, sexy vampire boyfriend, it's okay to give up on a promising future to be with him instead. (laughs) I am. Eight, make friends at school and then literally ignore them and pretend they don't exist. After all, your life centers around only your smoking boyfriend. (laughs) Nine, when you fall in love with someone for their physical attributes or because they smell good, it is considered beautiful, undying, irreversible love. Oh, 10. If your precious gem of a boyfriend leaves you, it is all right to become an adrenaline junkie, manipulate your friend into helping you conjure up hallucinations, and jump off a cliff months later. <laughs> 11. Kiss your best friend in front of your fiance after repeatedly saying you don't have feelings for him. Facts. Save yep. the best for last. 12. Vampires sparkle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you still love Meyer? Update. There was this crazy Twilight fangirl the other day who was like, I want to jump off a bridge to meet Edward. Meyer, do you see what you have done? Your venom, it's like your venom spread pretty far. Your Edward lovers still think Twilight series is amazing. Oh, jeez. This person's so angry at you, Twihards. They are so amazingly angry at it. That was uh, a pretty good list, though. I mean, those are lessons list. that I took out of it. I just didn't know how to vocalize them. 
Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. On to the movie reviews. <laughs> so we have <laughs> part one on IMDb user reviews again. No critics, but Mm-mm, we did that once. They, they were, were not bad though. Yeah, they were entertaining, <laughs> but I don't want to read somebody's like two page review. Oh, the movie. Paid to write. That goes for the users too. Stop, Stop it. writing such long reviews. Okay, uh, 4.9 out of 10. Uh, that was just under 240,000 IMDb users. Um, the highest concentration. 10 out of 10 and 1 out of 10. 10 out of so 10? Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, two opposite ends of the spectrum there. It was oh, crazy. Yeah. It's like you either loved it or you fucking hated it. Yeah, 15.8 for 10 out of 10 and 14.3 for 1 out of 10. Middle of the road was 14%. Mm-hmm. So even fewer people were just like, meh, than yeah. absolutely hated it. Yeah. Okay, a 10 out of 10, I love the movie. This is my first review in IMDb, and I really like uh, what I really liked about the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 is the action and suspense. The other Twilight movies have none. Okay. Yeah, and then they address another reviewer, says you rated the movie 0 out of 10 before watching it just because you think that the vampire should be like Dracula since you're a Twilight hater. You can't judge the movie. It's called The Stupidness when you hate something and then you came to rate it 0 out of 10 without watching it. Yeah, they're angry at another reviewer. Like, they're yeah. actually not even reviewing the movie. They're just coming on here to, like, start shit with another reviewer. That's dumb. Yeah. Uh, you're one of those clueless Twilight hater. If you hated New Moon, then rate New Moon 0 out of 10. This is Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn in all caps. It's really sad that you can't find the distinction between New Moon and Breaking Dawn. I'm pretty sure the person knew that they were two different movies. Just whatever. I think it's one of those they saw it, they hated it, and then they're like, I'm going to vote down on all the other ones coming out. It's kind of, yeah. it's, okay. To be fair, though, some of the series that Jackie and I read, like, when we know the next book's coming out, we love them so much that I will literally go on to Goodreads and give it five stars before it even comes out. Yes. Along with everyone but else. Be like, it's going to be amazing. Love it. It's because the authors have given us something to trust. Yes, we trust them. We're looking at you, Sarah J. Moss. Looking at you, boo. Love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this one out of ten, the title alone just is fabulous. Amazingly, <laughs> this film is worse than Beverly Hills Cop 3. I want to know how many people have actually seen Beverly Hills Cop 3. I is that with Eddie Murphy? I, I don't know if he was even in it. Because he was like in the original one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 I never thought I would find a film that was actually worse than BHC3, but here it is. For a start, it's so obvious they are padding this out into two movies to get as much money as possible from the piece of crap series. But the first 35 minutes was literally prepare for wedding, get married, have honeymoon. All set against horrible, cheap, massage parlor relaxation music. I paid money on Apple TV so my wife could watch this, even though I spent the entire movie reading a magazine. The sheer awfulness of this movie entered my soul through osmosis. Please do not watch this movie or give any money to this crap franchise. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. A good chunk of the movie. But the thing is, is there's so much material in the book. They probably could have made this into a two-parter in the movie 
including all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. And the movies would have been longer. Yeah. yeah. They were already like two hours each. I looked them up. Each one was like an yeah. hour and 55 minutes. Yeah. So part two gets a little bit of a better review. 5.5 out of 10 for just under 250,000 user reviews. Um, but surprisingly, though, the highest concentration was 10 out of 10. was uh, 18.2%. But then obviously the rest of the reviews brought the overall score down. So there's a 10 out of 10. And I don't, I don't know how I feel about this review, but I'm like, all right, respect. It goes, great adaptation of the book. People are weirdly bitter about this saga. It's a great adaptation of the book. The whole series of movies does a good job. Okay. Some of these reviews are from people who've never even seen the other films, let alone read the books. Okay. But I, I mean, the you can, see a movie without the others. If, if the movie is bad on its own and you think that, then I don't think it matters if you've seen the others. Yeah. Um, these movies are for the book fans. Like, no, you cannot gatekeep a movie. You no. cannot do that. Okay. I'm not going to gatekeep Akatar when it finally comes out on Hulu. I didn't, and I don't gatekeep Warcraft and I'm a huge Warcraft nerd. I mean, yeah. I've read the, the lore books. Okay. Yes, it is a game. I play the game, I'm really good at the game, but I've also read the lore books. So when that movie came out, I was fucking freaking out, all right? When I saw the first trailer for it, I was in tears. That's how nerdy I am. And I get it. Like, some people didn't really understand it, the movie, because a lot of stuff they just assumed you should know because they figured their fan base, like, the people who play are going to be their biggest fan base. But it still needs to be a good movie for people that don't even understand what's going on. Like, that's not a... a, a far stretch right so no you don't don't gatekeep movies it's stupid okay they are cast perfectly the acting is exactly what it should be over dramatized mm -hmm. and slightly disjointed but perfectly in tune with the awkward bella hot-tempered jacob and out of his element edward as much as i hate it i read this and go okay okay Bleh. even the poorly animated baby still goes with the book it's not meant to look like a real baby. People are just taking these movies way too seriously for what they are. Young adult fantasy movies made for fans of a book series. And that's where I'm like, okay, fine, valid point, but still don't gatekeep movies. So this is a five out of 10 and it goes, see, the title is CGI BB. <laughs> it goes, ah, it's still bad, but still fun. That's the story of this saga through, isn't it? At least this movie had more fun than the book did. I'm like, oh, maybe, 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 maybe. And then one out of 10. Still a bad movie. The moment that Bella is not on screen, the movie is kind of enjoyable. But the second <laughs> Kristen Stewart comes on screen, which disappointingly is the whole movie, the movie is awful from start to finish. <laughs> yes. Yes. Facts. You know what this kind of reminds me of, though? Because I found her a little more tolerable in the second movie, Breaking Down Part 2. Yeah. Did you ever watch that show Grimm on NBC? Yes. Show was awful. Oh, it was shit. just over the top and cheesy for me. Yes. From my perspective. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick's girlfriend, Juliet. Okay. I could not stand her as Juliet. Oh, yeah. The red. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But when she 
died or whatever happened to her and she, she came back, out, back as yeah. that like badass assassin type person. Yeah. I, I didn't mind her at all. Yeah. Cause she's more confident. Yeah. That's what happens with Bella. Yeah. She gets, she definitely gets more confident. Her, she perks up a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. Speaking of the, the characters. No, I don't know. Does I, does it even matter at this point? There's just, there's, there's a lot of new characters that don't really matter. Mm-hmm. Just a lot more red eyes poking around in both the book and the movie. The only one I care about is Garrett. Yeah. And yeah. and Benjamin. Benjamin's good too. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about this casting just a little bit. I'll pull out some of the new characters that maybe matter. We have the Denali family. We finally get them and interact with them more. So we have Elazara Denali, who is Christian Carmargo, Carmargo, whatever mm-hmm. his name is. I love him because he's from Dexter. And Jackie would understand this if she'd actually watched Dexter with me. But, you know. I'm yeah. started. I'm just saying. She would know. Uh, Carmen Denali is by Mia Maestro. I, I looked her up. I'm, I'm not really familiar with her. Arena Denali is Maggie Grace. And if anyone knows, she was the the daughter in Taken. Hmm. Liam Neeson. Uh, Tanya Denali is... my Her name is Mayanna Burring. And I'm not really familiar with her. She has a, like face though i feel like i've seen her in a lot of stuff but i I don't know kate denali is casey lebeau it's another one where i always think i know her from somewhere but i looked her imd up imdb page up and i'm not nothing stuck out cower cora is her name she's the brazilian maid that comes Mm -hmm. in and she's all like superstitious and stuff her name is carolina verguez so i looked up her page this is actually her only english speaking movie she's been in Hmm. Yeah, she's she's like a, a Brazilian star, and I, then I've thought about it. She's like she doesn't even speak English in the movie; <laughs> she just speaks yeah. Portuguese. But this is her only English speaking one. Amun is Amar Metwali. He's a he's a bigger actor, but he has one of those faces where you kind of just forget who he is. Kebi, who is his wife, um, they, that's Andrea Gabriel. Again, not like a huge actress. Tia is Angel Angela Seraph. Seraphian, Seraphian, she's Armenian. Uh, she's been in Westworld, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, American Horror Story. She has a pretty unique look to her, mm-hmm. but I never, just, I just never knew what her name was, and I didn't realize she was that old because she was in Buffy, like the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. No, the oh, the show. Story. Yeah, oh, the movie she came was, before the show, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was um, the oh my god, what was her name? She started, like, she wasn't in the first couple seasons when she came. She was, like, the little sidekick. Hmm. It's been a minute, but I just remember there. But then Benjamin is Rami Malek. We all know him from, like, he just played uh, Freddie Mercury and Queen and a whole bunch of other stuff. I thought he was honestly the most spot on person because in the book he's described the Benjamin is described as always having being happy and, and yeah. having this like really, really positive expression on his face. So I was like, yeah, Remy Malik, he's Yeah. Uh, I thought he was great too. But this is also I thought another one where I was like, Why did he sign up for this? But I realized he wasn't that well known when these movies came out. So this is probably like a bigger role for him that he got. Garrett, of course, is Lee Pace. And just so you know, everyone knows, these are all vampires that we're, we're going through. These are all the new vampires that come in. Alistair. Okay, so he's played by Joe Anderson. And I've seen Joe Anderson in a lot of stuff. He's also like in Across the Universe and everything. Yeah. You know, the Beatles movie. 
I like him. I never realized he was British. So when I saw him in this movie, I thought it was like a terrible fake British accent. But no, he is British. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. I don't understand the point of this character. I don't either, he- because even in the book, he just takes off. He leaves. Yeah, he does He does nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dracula 1 and 2 is played by uh, Gary Weinberg and Noel Fisher. So Gary Weinberg was actually in that movie Munich. I looked him up. The one okay. with um, Eric Bana. That was a good movie. And then Noel Fisher has been literally in everything. I remember watching him in Hatfields and McCoys. He's in Shameless. He's he's in everything. It's just, you look at him and you just go, who is that? I feel like I've seen him somewhere. He has like a perpetual no, baby sure. face yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. But he's really like 40. No, I don't know if he's that old. But <laughs> <laughs> he does have a baby face though. Yep. So yeah. So there are all the vampires. All of them. But not all of them because there's a lot more. There's the Irish ones and freaking Amazonian ones. And I know how to say the Irish woman's name, Siobhan. Siobhan. Yeah. But they they do nothing other than just kind of stand there. Yeah. They bear witness, Mel. Sure. That's it. It's a very important role. (laughs) So why don't we go ahead and bear witness to this god-awful plot? We've broken it up to keep this our sanity intact. So we're going to go through part one real quick and then part two. (sighs) Okay, deep breath. Here we go. So we start off with Breaking Dawn part one where Jacob gets the wedding invitation and runs off to go do wolf stuff. Um, But that is the end of Eclipse. Yeah. And he he disappears for months. Yeah. That's where we get the whole, have you heard from him? No, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, Mm. he just cut it. In the movie, it seems like he just runs off and then just comes back for the wedding when really it's been forever. He has his little Uh, tantrum and then he comes back. Yeah. Then it's like the night before the wedding. You know, they're all getting prepped. But in the book, remember, they keep all the scenery and decorations and stuff secret from her. They want Alice wants her to see it the first day, like Mm -hmm. when she's walking down the stairs. But she's there at the house seeing as they're setting it up in the movie. So, you know, whatever. It's It's not a big deal. But the night before, Edward then decides to, I'm going to tell you about all the bad stuff I did. Which I'm like, you... This already you, happened. Yeah, it's already happened. But let's just let's just suspend reality for a minute and say it didn't. So is the appropriate time to drop the bomb that you are like a serial killer the night before the wedding? I mean, he's a Dexter serial killer, but... Sure. Because he was only going after the people that were going to attack other people. Sure. Sure. But I just go... Wait, you're literally getting married like in six hours and mm-hmm. it's just hey you know do you still want to marry me there's things i gotta tell you like uh what <laughs> what if bella was like no no actually you know what i didn't realize that you did that so i'm, yeah. I'm not interested anymore but yeah this <laughs> happened in twilight so we're like three books four movies late <laughs> yep dumb yeah really dumb uh Another thing is the nightmare that she has the night before it shows like the Volturi and then she's just like looking around and all her friends are dead and there's blood. She's got blood over her. Edward's got blood over him in the movie. It just seems like she's afraid of the Volturi, but really Mm -hmm. the dreams in the book are Stephanie Meyer's God awful attempt at foreshadowing again, because it's all about the baby. 
And that makes sense later on when Bella is convinced that she's having a boy. But the movie doesn't do anything of that. They just leave it. I wonder if they're like, eh, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, but she keeps having these reoccurring dreams of a baby. I just don't know why they they, they cut that out. I feel like that would have made more sense. You know, who cares, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. But it also seems like the dreams that she does have are sparked by Edward, what Edward had told her about the immortal children and not by anything else. But it's whatever. You mean in the book? I, I can't even I can't even keep it straight anymore. I don't even think they talk about the immortal children until like what much later. I, I don't I don't know. I, mm. Oh yeah, I guess because they do have that conversation. Which, uh, see, we don't even understand. Like we don't know where we are in this book or movie anymore. Like none of it makes sense. But anyway, so she's having those dreams. Then we get to the wedding and everything's great. Charlie's walking her down the aisle. She still looks like she's constipated and maybe going to throw up as she's walking down. She honestly looked like she was going to take flight a couple times. Yeah. I'm like, bitch, look up. <laughs> like, oh my God. Uh, the funny thing here that was the wedding reception. Big thing that's different is Arena in the movie, she's there and she's all upset because there's a wolf there. But she doesn't go in the book. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is because she's upset about Laurent and blah, 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 blah. Like, get it. She's she's angry about the same thing in the book and the movie. But they have her there. Which I, I didn't hate because that was a lot more time and effort they would have had to spend to try and, like, fit her into the story. And she mm-hmm. is a, obviously a bigger part of this story. So she needs to be there. So I guess they're like, well, let's just have her show up. And then the uh, toasts. I, I thought these were great in the movie. They just, it doesn't happen in the book. There's no toasts being given. But they're so I funny. think, I think it was amazing. Yeah. Like, like I said before, I, I have no idea why some of these people are getting up on stage and making a toast. Like Jessica, why? Mm-hmm. She wasn't in the wedding party. Was it just yeah. like open season on give a toast? But is that how were, weddings work? Like, does anyone can anyone just get up and say something? I I don't I hope not because you know what's going to happen at yours. <laughs> Someone's going to get drunk and just jump up there and. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Just, no. <laughs> they but were they, they were, were fun though. Yeah, I yeah. liked them in the movie. They were great because she's like, it's not like Bella was the captain of the volleyball team. I'm just or... kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were good. I liked it. It was yeah. really funny. Um, and it kind of broke up like a super monotonous uh, part of that story. Because it is like mm-hmm. that review said. It's just 30 minutes of before the wedding, then the wedding, then the after the wedding. Yeah. So they get married. They're going on their honeymoon. That's where we have the Volvo commercial. They're driving <laughs> off. <laughs> and every, I think I thought about it subconsciously. But now that it was pointed out, I'm like, it really was a Volvo commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so... They're on their way. They're going on their honeymoon. We find out pretty quickly that they're going to Brazil. They're going to Rio. Um, Something that they do in the movie that doesn't happen in the book is that they stop. He stops the car and they get out like on the street. They're having like all the music and food and everything. Uh, I actually thought that was pretty clever. Maybe not clever, but I I thought it was a a nice use of the location and the setting. Mm -hmm. And I think it gave like a really nice visual and that sort of like lively area that they're going through. It was, it's almost like a nice beginning to the relationship, you know, where she's finally seeing the world. 
little bit. So I liked it. I, I, I didn't care that it was, wasn't in the book. I think it was a nice addition. Yeah. And not just taking, hopping on a plane to Italy, then going out, saving Edward, getting right back on a plane and coming back. Yeah. She's yeah, actually experiencing stopping, something. Yeah. yeah. Enjoying, experiencing the culture. Absolutely. Uh, so then we're in the honeymoon. So this is what I think is pretty big from the book to the movie is that, so they, they try, right. They, they do it. They have the sexy time and it, it's complicated because obviously Edward is, could literally crush her in a, in a second. Um, but we have this sort of montage where he's just breaking stuff and pillows are getting shredded. But in the book, it explains that he bit the pillows. That's why there's mm-hmm. feathers everywhere. And I'm just thinking, that's scary. Stephanie Meyer's handling of all of the sex stuff, though, though was just very G, maybe PG at most. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was interesting. This is where I'll give her the most credit. And I don't know if it's to her or maybe her editor, but, or maybe just Jackie and I have filthy minds if we've read some filthy books, but (laughs) (laughs) I think it's option number two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it is really G rated, right? As she's writing this, but you, you have a very vivid picture of what's occurring Mm -hmm. or what did occur or yeah, maybe Maybe Jackie and I just—I don't know—but I'm like, oh, it's getting kind of wild. And like he we're bit a fucking. To, uh, we're used to yeah. a very different kind of book. Yeah, he bit a pillow. Yeah, we we read young adult books that masquerade as young adult books. They're not actually young adult books. Yeah, and then when we go to the Barnes and Noble and we see them on the young adult young adult shelf, we're like, this doesn't belong here. <laughs> we actually want to pick them up and move them to the regular adult fantasy section. I know the only thing that stops me though is I'm like you're not a Karen walk away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like somebody that, will figure it out. That and say what you will about me as a parent but I allowed my daughter to watch Game of Thrones. So. Yeah, I, I, I can't really say anything. Ours are my kids are watching Dexter with us at time. <laughs> I mean yeah. my my 12-year-old right now is reading Mindhunters. So yeah. <laughs> They're don't, prepared don't to us for parenting advice, maybe. They're prepared, though. <laughs> they are prepared, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they have that scene, and then he's obviously very upset, which is like, this is the first time I actually really agreed with Bella, because she's super happy in the morning, um, and Edward's doing his whole breathing, like, I can't believe I hurt you. You should be so angry at me. She's like, I am angry at you. Like, you're fucking ruining it. Yeah. Like, get over yourself. I had an amazing time. And this is something that I actually, I, again, appreciated what Hollywood did with this scene or these scenes together. Because I thought it was, again, a really nice visual. Um, you're kind of, you're, it's setting the tone, but not being explicit. And then mm-hmm. you really get this feel for how, you know, Bella comes out of this. Like, you know, it's her first time. She's married. She's really, for the first time, sort of, like, embracing her I guess womanhood and her relationship, like she's, you feel like she's not this little girl anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, and it, they do it just with, you know, some sound and some lighting and some editing. So I, I thought they did a good job there. Uh, but her reaction, like, shut up, like, just stop. It was good. So I got a bruise. I like it a little rough. I don't know what to tell you. 
But I think it's also a really good example of how they're awfully communicating with each other. And I think it's an example of how Edward relies way too much on his ability to read people's minds. Yeah, because he's assuming that because this is how he would react, that she is thinking a certain way. So he's like saying, you're mad at me. You should be mad at me. And she goes, yes, I am. And he's assuming it means because like he put bruises all over her body. She's like, no, I love that. Yeah, I like it. Do it again. Stop. Stop making assumptions, asshole. Yeah, She likes it so much to the point where she's actually like, I'll stay human forever long you need me. I just want to keep doing this. And she becomes yeah. like a super horny skank a little bit. Not skank. And hence we have Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I want it. I want it more. Do yeah. it. Tie me up. So in the, I think in the movie though, they only, it only happens the one time, right? Like he stands. True no, when- because, because later on uh, they're in the bed and uh, she almost starts crying and she oh, says, she has a dream. Yeah. 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 And she, she climbs on top of him. Yeah, fade to black. Says, fade to black. <laughs> you get it. Then he goes you know to hunt. Then he, then he goes to hunt and she makes the chicken and gets sick. Yeah. Yeah. So this is okay. So yeah, in the book, but it's a little more so like they he finally gives in and they do it a whole bunch. And she's like, see, all we need to do is practice. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. So, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was oh, it was funny. That's probably the best part of the whole series. She's like, "Woohoo! I'm free!" <laughs> so yeah, so Edward goes to hunt, like Jackie said, and she's in the kitchen, like making chicken or whatever. And she's like, Ugh. she gets a little, she's getting the the bit of the morning sickness. She runs and pukes, and then Edward comes in. And he's like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And she's like, "How many days has it been since our wedding?" He goes, it's 14, but in the book it was 17. It was a weird thing to change, but whatever. Three yeah, days, I, I guess. Three days. days. Yes. Yeah, like, different. I know. It was so weird. <laughs> so, uh, okay. But then she's like, I don't think this is possible. Okay. So in the movie, she really just seems like a dumb girl. Like, doesn't mm-hmm. understand. Like, she's like, I don't think this is how this works, but maybe. In the book, though, it's way more clear. Mm-hmm. That she's like, this is really weird, but she starts to piece it together. Um, and that was where that whole immortal child thing that she was yeah. remembering when she they were reading or what they were talking about. So she's like, is this, a, is this possible? Is this a thing? So I think they explain it better in the book where she doesn't seem completely out there or stupid about it. Um, but in the movie, it's just like, oh my God, I don't have my period. I must be pregnant. That That's basically all you get in the movie. Mm-hmm. I just would like to just reiterate that that's not really, you know, it's not really how this works. It's not, you know, you miss one period and then you start puking. <laughs> that's for all those pregnancy trope books out there. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so the here we are, we're two weeks into this and she's like, well, maybe I got a little bit of a bump here. Something's moving. Edwards well, and explained that, yeah. They explained that a lot better in the book because she said yeah. that the bump in the book was hard and it was noticeable. Yeah. In the movie, no, not She's at all. She's just like looking at herself in the mirror, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I'm eight weeks pregnant. I must be showing. No, that's not how it works. But anyway, uh, so Alice calls because Alice's like, I can't see your future anymore. Which, okay. At what point 
is there actually ever a point where Stephanie Meyer doesn't lean so heavy on Alice to move her plot? I don't think so. No. Because Alice is the one that calls. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. never a point where Stephanie Meyer just gives this character a fucking break. It's always Alice. It's just moving. Mm-hmm. I can't see it anymore. It must be bad. Foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they go, they're, they're about to go back, but that maid that's there, that's like, she's part of some tribe. So they have their superstitions. That's what we learn. And she comes in, she wants to check that Bella's alive and she's all angry and Edward's begging. And, but see, I think I, I don't know. I think maybe the movie and the book both do a bad job at this, but there's clearly some sort of foreshadowing Stephanie Meyer was trying to do with this, trying to tie the fact that this tribe is aware of this. Like there's a history, right? So mm-hmm. this is why they say they only um, seduce beautiful women, blah, blah, blah. Cause there's probably been cases of this where, you know, the vampire impregnates a, a woman and then it's, it's not good. Right. Because later on, remember, we get the whole um, guy from that tribe who is half mm-hmm. vampire, half human. Uh, so, but it feels disjointed, like they're not connected. And it's like, they they have to be. Like, this is not just a coincidence. They didn't just end up in Brazil on a honeymoon. And that just happens to be where their savior's from. But, you know, whatever. Again, Stephanie Meyer is not really good at this foreshadowing thing. So here, she, she tried it and it, it fell flat. Um but the woman is essentially like, nah, bitch, this isn't going to work. You're going to die. Yeah, you did. Yeah. But remember, in the book, though, Edward starts talking to her in, like, the tribal language. Mm-hmm. That's why she's, like, is shocked and starts to talk to him. But in the yeah. in the movie, it's just Portuguese. Yep. Which is not, like, I guess to the, like, the layman reader or layman watcher, it doesn't matter. But for me, who, you know has a degree in linguistics to me that's kind of fascinating mm-hmm. that i wonder like how does he pick up a language like that but you know doesn't really matter well he tells her later on in the book that he's got a lot of free time on his hands so yeah yeah, yeah. He- <clears throat> he's learned more languages and he's read more science books than any of his siblings true which also mm-hmm. makes me wonder like if you're that studious and have that much time like you tell me you didn't come across this at any point this is just the one genre you didn't want to touch. Yeah. Your, your history, <laughs> your legacy that like, you don't, that's the one thing you didn't want to learn about, but okay. You know, whatever it's convenient. All right. So this now we, we get back, they're coming back to the States and uh, Edward is obviously like, nah, man, we got to give him the abortion. That baby ain't mine. Um, no, <laughs> don't say that. But he's like, this is, again, he, they, like Jackie says, they don't know how to communicate. So instead of talking to her, he just assumes that, she, again, she hates him because he did something that's going to kill her. And, and actually, she's like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. You know, I'm having the normal woman response to this. I have a baby inside of me. I have your baby. I'm, I'm actually well, she even had She even had the forethought before they even left Brazil to call Rosalie when Edward yeah. left his phone sitting there. She's like, mm-hmm. I need your help. Yeah, I know you of all people are going to be the one to get step it. up for me right now. You get it. So that is a uh, book one in the in the book itself. That's Bella's story, and then we jump into Jacob. So they go back, and in the movie now we have Jacob. 
hearing that Bill is back and they're sick. And he's like, no, nah, I don't believe this. He's planning to kill them all. You know, he's angry Jacob. Cause that's all Jacob does now is he broods and he's angry. So Jacob goes to the house expecting to see either her as a vampire or she's not there at all. And he's ready to fight. But then he hears her goes upstairs and that's our first glimpse into Skeletor Bella. <laughs> Because she's sitting there all that's bony well, and sunken. Yeah, that's that's putting it nicely. <laughs> it brings a cartoon character to mind instead of a an emaciated human being. Yeah, she looks like a Holocaust victim, and I don't say that lightly. Like the way they did it is, it's to show that this pregnancy is really not conducive with her life. It is it is destroying her rapidly. Oh, yeah, and when she goes to take the yeah, when she goes to take the bath and she starts to take the robe off and yeah. you just see the the bones sticking out of her skin and then they show her at one point she's trying to walk and they show her legs. She has yeah. no muscle definition on her lower legs. It's just bone. Yeah. Skin and and Carlisle is essentially explaining like it's it's not letting you get any nutrients. Like you, and she can't eat. She's throwing up constantly. Um Something I thought was interesting is that Edward in the book actually describes the dynamic that's going on in the family where when Jacob walks in the house in the movie, it's just them all sort of standing there. But Rosalie is clearly, you know, um, to Bella's defense. Right. But you can Mm -hmm. tell there's a divide, but you don't really know where they stand. Where in the book, Edward describes like, uh, because Jacob says, why doesn't Carlisle do something? Like he's a doctor, take it out. And he goes, she won't let him. This is that whole pro-life dilemma thing we have going on. Um, but also what's happening is Rosalie is clearly in Bella's defense. So then by default, Emmett is not going to let anyone hurt Rosalie or he's not going to go against Rosalie. So that's mm-hmm. team Bella right there. Esme also does not want, if Bella doesn't want this, Esme is not going to support it. So then by default, Carlisle is not going to support it. He's not going to go against Esme and the only ones that are like against it are Alice and then by default Jasper is with Alice and then Edward so that is the dynamic that's going on because Jacob also asked like why don't you just like knock her out and do this and like we thought about it but that's why that's the problem is because Bella called ahead and Rosalie's like a, a fucking rabid dog and she's not going to let anything happen and since she has Emmett, Esme, and Carlisle on her side, so like that's not even an option anymore. Which, mm-hmm. to me, in the book, I like it when that's explained because you get that dynamic. Because then I would have the same questions that Jacob is having. Like, if this is such a crazy deal, like why doesn't somebody just knock her ass out and do it? Mm-hmm. Which again, it's like that's the whole abortion argument. Like you could do that against somebody's will. It's just not right. But obviously we're talking about paranormal fantasy here. So do we, do we follow the same ethical rules? I don't know, but there, that's the dynamic that's going on in the house. Uh, Jacob obviously is not happy about this. He's like, it's killing her. He, he leaves. But before I get into that, and we start moving into the whole pack versus Cullen's dynamic, let's talk about this stud service, Jackie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. I am oh, so happy God. that Holly decided not to go in this because I think I actually texted Jack too. I don't remember this at all when I was reading it the first time because I was so disturbed by it. So 
while Edward is begging Jacob to like try and talk some sense into Bella or, you know, in for Bella, um, this is another thing too, Jackie, where I feel like they don't communicate because if Edward would have talked to her, he would have realized like, it's not just a baby. That's yeah. not what she cares. It's not just a baby. Yeah. He would know that it's his baby. That and she cares this about. baby in particular, this baby between you and me that we made, not just a yeah. baby. Cause yeah. what he offers to Jacob is like, if she just really wants a baby, like let's, we just, this one's not good for her, but like she can have a baby. And it's like, Jacob's sort of like, do you mean like my baby? And he's like, eh, if well, she first wants he goes it. artificial. Like, no, that was Bella later on when Jacob's talking to her because Jacob's like, okay, I guess I'll talk to her. And Bella's <laughs> like, I'm not going to have some stranger's baby. And he's like, no, not a stranger. He's like, like essentially doing the foot stomp thing. And she's like, yeah. what? Oh, oh God, no. But this is what these two boys are discussing outside is like, listen, she wants a baby because I don't know how to talk to my wife, so we don't communicate. I don't actually know what she wants. Um, I'm making so, assumptions. Yeah. He's like, obviously the vampire baby is not good for her, so like, will you do it? Will you pump one out for her? Like, stop! <laughs> like, what <laughs> the fuck? And he calls it stud service. He's like, are you asking me? Like, are you trying to inquire about my stud services? Like, I can't. I can't with this. <laughs> But thankfully, Hollywood was like, you know what? We don't, we don't need to actually talk about this because it's kind of gross. Yes, it's very gross. It's inappropriate. And Stephanie, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say Why? something. It might be a little controversial. And I'm not, again, I'm not bashing Mormonism, but I'm just trying to maybe bring a point here. So for Mormons, it's all about family, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about growing family, having the most, you have this big family, you live in, you know, the chosen, eternal, whatever. So I feel like that's a very Mormon perspective where it's like, well, she wants a baby, so you can give her a baby and then we're all happy. Where there's not really that thought of like in a normal relationship where it's like, I don't want another dude doing my wife. Like, I don't care how much she wants a baby, like we'll fucking adopt. <laughs> The only time that's happening in books where people are okay with it is in the reverse harem books. And I don't think a baby is the end goal. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Actually, I no. saw on a Amazon, like Kindle Unlimited, there is this reverse harem and it's like, oh, with a surprise baby. I'm like, I don't want to read this. It's <laughs> a little bit too far for me. <laughs> Okay, if, so, if three men and a baby was let's see, seventeen rated, but it's like that one book we read where like, how is she not pregnant? Yeah, <laughs> that's the only how thing I Like, how is she not pregnant? I mean, <laughs> like, there was some fire and some knife play too, but yeah, how did she not get knocked up? Like, we could get past the knife play, but like, how, how she's definitely not on birth control, and nobody's yeah. wearing a condom. Like. Mm-hmm. Is she barren? <laughs> that that's me and Jackie reading a reverse harem. That's what our question was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to <laughs> to the young adult version of a reverse harem, essentially. Uh, <laughs> so now, <laughs> Jacob is livid. He's like, "This thing's killing her. Fuck this. She's not listening to me. I'm so angry. I'm running off and having a tantrum because that's what Jacob does. He goes into wolf form. So now they're all doing their weird wolf telepathy thing, and they're all like, "Oh my." It's a it's demon spawn. We gotta get rid of it. 
with the pitchforks and everything. <laughs> yeah, like, burn him! <laughs> Kill the beast! <laughs> it's like when we were watching the movie the other day. <laughs> She's a witch! Burn the witch! <laughs> She's a- <laughs> so, as angry as Jacob is, now there's like a, a switch in the pack where like, oh, fuck this. It's, no, 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 no. We got to do something. He's like, wait a minute. What do you mean? Like, you're going to kill Bella? He's like, yeah, we can't let this thing be born. We don't know what it is. And he's like, well, I don't want to kill Bella. Uh, there's a little bit like of a difference between the book and the movie, how this plays out, where in the movie, it seems like it's all happening very, very quickly. And he does his little alpha thing and, and escapes the pack like almost immediately where in the book it's actually like a day or so like they're planning to do the attack and he's going along with it till he's like you know what i don't want to do this that was part of the reason why i had so much issue with getting through this book is because it took so long i was like no yeah no it really does have this internal debate and talk about how slow his paws are moving again please yes yes yeah, he's like, I was there, and then he nudged me, then I got up, then I moved, then I went down. I'm like, we get it! <laughs> You're gonna leave. You're gonna do, like, an alpha reverse uno and get the fuck out of there. We get it. <laughs> like, God. Maybe that's, like, watching the movie first, we're like, hurry it up! We know what's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he leaves, he goes to sort of, like, warn the Collins, then Seth follows him, boo-boo, and he's super adorable. He's super cute. And then Leah comes and she's like, I just don't want to be with them. I don't give a fuck. I'm not letting my brother come out here by himself. And everyone's like, we hate you, Leah. And she's like, I get it. I know. <laughs> oh, while we're talking about Leah, I want to say that I appreciate much more what was done with Leah in the book. This yeah. Time because it, it as opposed to the movie because they actually made her seem like a human being who has legit shit she's trying to work through yeah. especially when they started talking about the like fertility question yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh but they, we don't get that much of her in the movie though no. just kind of like she's there she's annoying we don't know why she's annoying everyone's kind of fucked her over and she's got the shit end of the stick but like fuck her yeah like, all right. Uh, so now we're like, the packs are split. We're, we're like team Cullen pack and team anti Cullen pack. Um, and now we're doing this whole thing where we're counting down the clock till Bella's going to give birth and everyone's guarding her. And, you know, it's, it's per the usual, right? Everyone just guarding Bella. Mm-hmm. Every fucking book is that. I don't think there was ever a time where nobody's be- guarding her. So know, you know, she makes it. she makes a mess, and everybody else has to clean it up. Yeah, yeah. She and she's it. like, "Why do I keep making messes?" Mm-hmm. It's like, and then Edward's like, "I love you. You smell good." <laughs> she's like, I'm "I love you, but I love you, <laughs> but I also love Jacob." <laughs> um. So now we're to the like the end of this because Bella is giving out her baby names. This is a little bit slower. Actually, it's much slower in the book, this whole sequence, you know. Oh, Renesmee, God. and everyone's like, it sucks. And she's like, it's my baby. I love it. Where in the book, it's Rosalie who's like, well, it fits the situation it being unique. I don't mm-hmm. know why they changed that in 
the movie because they make it Ed, like Rosalie's like, no, fuck you. It's a stupid name. And Edward's like, no, I love it. Anyway, then we have this god awful scene where I, I guess like her back breaks. She drops her cup of blood because remember, blood is like how she's surviving now because the baby wants it. And I, how many times we've seen this or watched this scene now? I, I still, her mm. little like the cup and then her back just snaps and she's falling. And I love how you myself, that's that's unnatural. Yeah. And I love how these vampires are all there just like dumbstruck. And I go, somebody fucking catch her. Mm-hmm. And then it's not Edward to the last second, like catches her head before it hits the ground. But everyone's just staring at him. Like all these supernatural apex predators are there and nobody can like catch this bitch before she hits the ground. <laughs> My God! See again, Mel. You and I same wavelength because I was thinking the same exact thing the entire time I was I was watching that. Stupid! And obviously, Mm. like Alice, why didn't you have a like a stronger hold on her for fuck's sake? Mm -hmm. But you know, whatever. She falls. She's broken. They're like, oh, we got to do this now to give her the morphine. Rosalie's like cutting her open. Then Rosalie has a moment because they haven't fed in like six months, so she's like losing it. Jacob. (laughs) fucking body slams her across the table. Um, then I love in the movie how Alice just like grabs her by the throat and just like hides in her <laughs> out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> but now we get to the part where I guess Edward has to bite through the sack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the best part is, like, he comes up and he just, like, wipes his, like, mouth on his hand. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, It is a very dramatic scene. There's a lot going on. She's like, get the baby out. It's okay. I don't care. Fuck me. Okay. So, Stephen brings up a good point when we were watching this, I think, like, the third time. He goes, wait, why is the doctor leaving? Because the doctor has to feed. He's like, but isn't he the one that has the most control? Uh, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, so the doctor left while well, she's about to give birth any day to this, this really dangerous creature, probably. Um, and she's left in a house with not as controlled vampires. Cause Jasper's still there. Remember that Jasper's yeah. still in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like, so he's left, she's left there with these, not controlled vampires who haven't fed and who are also not doctors. Well, he also wants to get his hands on a supply of O negative and he wants to do it the right way instead of just doing what vampires are perfectly capable of doing, which mm-hmm. is robbing a freaking blood bank. Yeah. Like why, yeah. why not just send Jasper in there? He seems crafty. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that wouldn't really make it that dramatic. Would it? No, I don't even know how to answer it. I'm just sitting there and Stephen's like, why'd the doctor leave? I'm like, because uh, he's got to get blood. He's like, but, and he has to feed. He goes, well, isn't he the most controlled? I'm like, yeah, stop asking questions. Stop <laughs> <laughs> poking holes. Yeah. I will say this about that scene, though, after the baby's delivered and everything. Edward, how he reacted in the movie where he uh, 
what he says it like he does the same stuff in the book but what he says in the movie was like come on baby and stuff like that it seemed like a much more genuine reaction to yeah yeah the love of your eternal life potentially being gone for good yeah no that i think the whole scene was actually done pretty well and Mm -hmm. in terms of acting as much as i i'm biased now against kristen stewart i think she's fucking awful but i would say this was probably the better end of her you know spectrum of acting yeah she did there but you know whatever um so the baby's born it's renesme girl mm-hmm. rosalie is all of a sudden composed herself because she's like baby comes yep. in gets baby goes out um and bella is she's down for the count <laughs> she's done out gone we find out it's really just the morphine but you know whatever Ed, uh Jacob is distraught. He goes out, he's crying. Everyone's like, oh my God, she's dead. And then the wolves that are standing there uh, are listening in. They go back and tell Sam and Sam tells Billy. So everyone's like, she's dead. And then they attack in the movie. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't happen in the book. There's no attack. They literally, Jacob, uh, he, well, in the movie, he goes in and in the, the, book too he has this moment where he's like fuck it i'm gonna end this like this fuck this baby again remember this whole movie is about just killing a kid um goes in it's like that argument you know would you kill hitler as a baby like Mm -hmm. would you go back in time and kill hitler as a baby before he can do anything and everyone's like oh man but you're still killing a baby anyway he goes in and then their eyes meet and he drops to his knees and he is imprinted on a newborn this baby is all of six minutes old yeah and he's like i love you mm-hmm. <laughs> you're mine you're my gravity <sighs> i don't know how i still don't know how i feel about this imprinting thing like i get it that it's not it's just a bond it doesn't have to be sexual but here's the thing in the book because was it quinn or quill or whatever who's also will quill yeah. he's also imprinted like on topper right yeah one of them so Jacob asks him earlier on, he goes, you ever think about dating? And Quill looks at him like, what? He's like, you know, I mean, like, just until, just for the time being. Because essentially you're alluding to, like, hey, like, when she gets older, then you can fuck her. But, like, you can't now. So, yeah. you going to get a girlfriend? He's like, I didn't even think about that, but no. And I, go, that's I don't weird. see anybody else. Yeah. So that's why, like, when you have this argument about, it's not like that. It's not like that. But then you have this dialogue in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with it's like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so here Jacob is imprinted on this six minute old baby. And then there's this dramatic scene where the wolves are going to, they're attacking. And then Jacob comes out and he's all wolf form. And he's doing this wolf telepathy thing, which, okay. Edward can read his mind, right? Mm-hmm. And knows that he's imprinted. Mm-hmm. But remember, Jacob left that pack so they don't hear each other. Mm -hmm. So how is it conveyed that he imprinted and then they had to walk away? Because they're all in wolf form. Or that Bella's dead. Because in the movie, Sam is telling Billy that Bella's dead. Yeah, but I think because he he comes out and starts crying. And then Seth walks up and says, oh, and is upset and says she didn't make it. But then I think it's Mm -hmm. Paul who's hanging out in the wood line and hears it. Okay. So he goes back and tells Sam. 
So that part makes sense. Which I, I can't remember what it was, but book or movie, I can't remember which one, but one of them, the other wolves in the other pack are constantly hanging around, but in the other, maybe it was the book, that the other wolves are never around. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. But there's this whole dramatic scene where he shifts, he's, no, it's yeah. not my baby, <laughs> you know? And Edward's like, Jacob imprinted they can't kill someone who's in, that's like their most absolute law. It's like, do we just change the lore as we go? Cause that was never yes. been brought up ever before. But anyways, yes. but I want to know how he conveyed that to the yeah. other wolves. If those packs can't hear each other because in the, in the book, Jacob goes and talks to Sam mm-hmm. normally. Like he's like, Hey dude, I just want you to know I imprinted on a newborn. So you're going to have to back the fuck up. And Sam's like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) We'll give you space. Yeah, he's like, got you, dude. Got you. And I'm sure he threw in there, do you want to come back to the pack? Do you want? And Jacob's like, nah, dude. Nah, man. I'm my own wolf here. (laughs) Uh, Which I found uh, out from What's-His-Face on TikTok that the lone wolf thing is not actually a thing. Wait, What? What thing? You know the the guy on TikTok does does the weird animal facts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was talking about wolves one time, and he's like, "The lone wolf thing is not actually a thing." So. Oh no, yeah, the wolves don't leave their pack like, <laughs> unless they're like kicked out, and then they're just in exile. Yeah. But they're not there by yeah. choice. You fucked yeah. up. That's why you're out. Um. Yeah. Oh, I gotta follow that dude again. Anyway, so yay! I'll send you, you one. Of, I'll send you one of his TikToks. Awesome. Thank you. Mm. Okay. Now, the only thing we have left to finish here is the fact that Bella is still, like, comatose in the other room. Mm-hmm. She got the the freaking turkey baster of venom or whatever they did. That was, was a big-ass needle. It was. Right also, how did you extract the venom? I was wondering the whole time I was reading that part and seeing that in the movie. I'm like, how did they get it out? Is that like when they milk like the rattlesnakes? Yeah, they get that little yeah. cup with the mesh on it and he just bites into it. Yeah. Again, weird. Just comes out of left field like it's my venom in a turkey baster. Go with it. (laughs) And we're like, okay. (laughs) So it's clear that Bella's not dead. She's changing. Everyone's aware of this. They do like a little, you know, sponge bath, get her all pretty, get her all set up for when she comes to. And then we're left at the end where she wakes up and it's her eyes are all red. We're like, ah, shocker even though we knew that this was gonna happen (laughs) um so that's part one so now we get into part two and this is (sighs) part two bella wakes up in the book everyone's there except for like i think one or the uh rosalie's not there because she's with the baby they kept the baby out of the room and edward's holding her hand in the movie though it's just her and edward and i don't even this doesn't bother me that they did this. I kind of liked the way they did in the movie. I thought it was visually beautiful how mm-hmm. they had her sort of come to and, you know, her senses are alive and she's feeling everything. And I liked it. Oh, this is one of the many ways that I prefer the movies to the book, because when she's waking up, when it comes to the beginning of her book at the end of yeah. Breaking Dawn, the amount of times that the phrase dust motes was mentioned <laughs> was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't care. I really don't yeah. care. And then I thought to myself, they're vampires. 
their skin doesn't flake like human beings does. So where's the dust coming from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another thing too. Yeah. And if, if this is the first time you're learning this in your life, the dust that's around your house is dead skin. Unless it's like they do and it's like stone shavings that are coming off of them. They're like molting mm. stone out. Who knows? So she wakes up. Uh, now she's a new vampire. She's gorgeous. And he's like, we got to hunt because she wants to see her baby. And he's like, listen, bitch, you got to fix yourself before we play that game. So they go out to hunt and she's going after a deer or mountain lion or something. It's kind of cool. It's visually stimulating. Then she gets a whiff of the rock climber and she goes after him and blah, 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 blah. But she's, she's clearly got all this self-control because she's able to pull herself away. And then she goes after the mountain lion. Um, I didn't have any issues with this in the movie it, it's similar to the book it's not not much is different the only thing they don't really show in the movie is that she is so new to this and doesn't know how to really hunt that she just destroys her outfit to the point where <laughs> yeah. Jake has to give her his shirt and he's like bitch <laughs> like you'll get better he, at it <laughs> he even says uh well we can see if the uh the hiker is still there and i'm pretty sure if you were to end his life he would be okay with it and then looking at her dress he makes some kind of comment about the state of her dress yeah, like, yeah. okay it's not funny <laughs> yeah, no no first sign that your husband's into human trafficking uh so she comes back Wants to meet her baby finally. And then Jacob comes out and he's like, hey, hey, what's up? And she's like, oh, shit, you're here. This is okay, cool. He's like, you guys look amazing. I love you guys. And she's like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, and she goes, uh, you need to try this out on me. Like, we need to see if you can control yourself before we go see the baby. And she's like, all right. She's like, you fucking stink like a wet dog, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> so then we come in and... We get the first glimpse of uh, Renesmee since the first movie, right? And she okay. looks just as god-awful. Like, from the year and a half it took for them to make this movie, they didn't fix their CGI. Like, you couldn't just get a baby, like a six-month-old, because I think that's where she's supposed to be. Like, she's she's aging fast, but she's still an infant at this point. Yeah. Um, but she's creepy. And then even the way they hand, like Rosalie hands her off to... Bella is so awkward. You can tell it's so fake. But this is where we start to get into the whole, like, Bella's about to find out that Jacob's imprinted on her infant, which is funny. This whole sequence in the movie, to me, is hilarious. The The book is a little bit more drawn out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we get it. We get it. Just get to the point. Um, she's pissed off, throws him around a bunch. Everyone's laughing. Then Seth intervenes and she sort of like tosses him off. And he yeah, breaks his collarbone. Yeah, like in the book, in the she book. does damage. She breaks him. Um, but in the. And apparently movie, she blacked out when she did it because it cuts from her accusing Jacob of whatever to them sitting in a room trying to apologize to Seth for getting hurt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like she's like in a this newborn rampage. Apparently, like that's the thing, but they don't do that in the movie. But in the movie, he's just like, "Yeah, he'll be all right. It's fine." Like, why'd they leave it out? Like she just maimed this kid. But you know, all right, whatever. They fi they figured they're like, no, no, let's not get into that. We got other, we got a lot we got to get through in this movie. <laughs> we I mean, don't need. 
Because he tries to get between her and Jacob, and she does mm-hmm. fling him into a tree in the movie, but he gets up and he walks off. He just yeah. kind of shakes himself, and she's like, I'm so He'll sorry, Seth. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. Um, yeah. So here they are. Now we're thinking, like, everyone's a happy family, you know? Like, here with the baby. They get their uh, cabin where they get the sparkling orgasm, I guess. Is that but what That is a nice cabin. I like it. It's very nice. I, I told Jackie and I were talking about it, I go, I want a house with a skeleton key to the point where I'm like, I'm just going to hand an architect and a contractor the key with the lock and say, build it around this. <laughs> I don't care what it is. I don't want this. Yeah. Uh, but it is really pretty. They go, they go out there and Renesmee has got a room and they're, they're like, let's do it. And they're talking about how, I guess, horny vampires are. I guess Rosalie yeah. and it were real bad. <laughs> for like a decade. Yeah, yeah, like we we get yeah. it. Um then they come back. Uh it it seems like everything's happy. We're get but we're getting a little bit of the drama because Renesme is growing so fast. But in the movie, she's growing way faster than she is in the book. Yeah, cuz she's still like toddler sized maybe at the end of the book. Yeah, cuz I think when we get to the end of the season, she's really like a 2-year-old at most. Yeah. Yeah, but in the movie she's like in the span of a couple months she's like a six-year-old or something or yeah. maybe an eight-year-old is weird mm-hmm. um which yeah, never mind i was gonna say like when we get to see the guy later on he's like oh i matured by the time i was like seven mm-hmm. that lines up more with like if she were a toddler by the end after a couple months she shouldn't look like an eight-year-old yeah because seven years if she's already eight like how long does it take her to mature eight more years right like whatever mm-hmm. so there's the the change in this where we go from like oh shit renesme grows really fast to oh the volturi are coming like it's again instant alice is the one we need alice to get us our plot twist and everything uh, but that's based on arena seeing uh renesme out with bella and jacob and she's mm-hmm. like shit they got a vampire kid. That's not good. I'm going to go run and instantly tell the Velturi. Which to me, I'm like, I get it. You have history with this. But also, you're kind of just a petty bitch. Yeah. They try to seem like, she, oh, they're just so traumatized. I'm like, no, nah, she's a petty yeah. bitch. No, she she blames them. So she wants to find a reason to get them in trouble. Yeah. Petty bitch. She mm. just tells him, and then Arrow's like, "Yay, we have a reason to go destroy this coven and I get my prizes! Yay!" <laughs> so, Allison, maybe Edward, if he doesn't put, yeah, it yeah, it's like I want them all. Mm. Uh, so, of course, Alice is the one that's like, "Oh no, the Volturi are coming! Why?" And then they're like, "Oh shit, what happened?" And they're like, "Oh, Irina probably thinks it's an immortal child. Fuck! Now what do we do?" <laughs> So stupid. Well, and even in the book, at first they think, well, she saw us with Jacob and he was in his wolf form. So is she going to tell them that we're allied with the, the werewolves? And But I mean, the wolf was at the, they had wolves at the wedding. So yeah. if that were the case, like she would have, whatever, what, whatever, it's whatever. Um, so they're like, oh, shit, now what do we do? They're like, we have to claim our witnesses. We just got to get people on our side. And that's where we get this whole, like, next hour of bullshit is just traveling across the world, getting new vampires. It's a menagerie of ethnic vampires. Yeah. 
And it's weird because a lot of them are in places where I'm like, that's sunny there. You're in the middle of yep. Egypt. There's not Egypt? a cloud in the sky. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's really <laughs> fucking hot. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Okay, cool. Ireland, uh, I can get behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Egypt, yeah. No. And then the and the Amazon, too, because, like, who's really out there? <laughs> doesn't matter yeah. what you're looking like. You just perkle around. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, so we get now we're we're gathering all the vampires. We're learning all their different. Some of them have gifts. Kate can be like electrocute shit. Um, we have the weird Amazonian who can make you see things, and that's how we find out that Bella's a shield. Mm-hmm. Yay! It's like you didn't tell us your wife was a shield, and Edward's like, I didn't. Oh, it's just the ones I've met are so different, and I'm like, I want to know why they're different. You can't just throw shit out there and leave it at that. <laughs> I need answers, damn they it. Did it. Well, yeah, they, they did explain a little bit. Renata, who is the guard to Arrow, mm-hmm. she's a shield. And they explained a little bit of her stuff, but honestly, by that point, I just didn't give a shit. So I was just like... Oh, know. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skim, it's, skim. It, it's like a little too late, you know? Too little too late. Yeah, nobody cares. Um, So everyone's coming. Renez makes this weird thing where she touches your face and all of a sudden that's how she talks to you. Yet she can talk like a normal kid, Mm -hmm. but she's got to touch your face and shove her thoughts down your throat. I like it's weird. Whatever. Supposed to be. I would have the reaction like I did at Jimbo's tonight when what's his name came up and just wedged his way in between us and started touching us. Yeah, it's like personal space, dude. Personal yeah. space. We don't know you. Yeah, we don't. Just because we see you here regularly at this restaurant does not mean we are friends. But, you know, yeah. whatever. Ugh. Uh, I think what something we, we skipped over, which is a big part of this, is that Alice has run away and she left a mm-hmm. note. Um, the note is a bit more detailed in the book about what's going mm-hmm. on. And then I think uh, Bella actually, like, tracks her scent back to the house and that's how she finds the book that it's in which I'm just well, thinking yeah. like why can't anyone else do that it seemed like it took a little bit longer in the movie and also in the movie when um, Alice and Jasper leave it's like they're it's in the morning they find a note from her mm-hmm. whereas in the book it was given to them by Sam He's in like, the movie I don't, yeah I don't, in the movie yeah um, but like you don't sleep how do you not know that something's going on but mm-hmm. in the book she was just like oh, i'm just gonna go check on something outside and then gone yeah yeah, yeah. stephanie you're, you're stretching you're stretching boo mm-hmm. <laughs> none of this makes sense uh so they're gone she finds it she bella then goes and meets this um the hell is his name jay jinx jay jay yeah jay jinx in seattle but here's the thing in the movie, she goes and it's like Jasper and Alice already put this order in and she gets the passports and documents for Jacob and Renesmee. And she's like, oh, I guess I'm not making it through this because Alice sees everything. And cl- clearly now she can see werewolf shit, even though she couldn't see them before. But she sees mm-hmm. them now. Sure. But in the book, it's um, Bella that's like, hey, I need you to do this. And then uh, I'll pick it up in a week. Yeah. Which... I don't know which I prefer. I think it makes more sense in the book, but maybe it's a bit more dramatic in the movie. I guess because she walks into that meeting at the restaurant, not knowing what she's walking into and then finds out haphazardly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And very oddly along the way during that conversation. And in the book, she meets him in his office. They don't go to the restaurant. Yeah. Yep. She, you know, whatever. It, it, it made, because they could do this quirky little, like, oh, it's more public. And he's like, yeah, because, mm-hmm. you know, Jasper's fucking well preserved. We've known him for 40 fucking years and he still looks like he's 18. Like, it's not weird at all. So, something else I think that the movie missed the mark on is this Alice and Jasper disappearance when we get the uh, Zafrina and Senna mm-hmm. show up like because they came across Alice like that's how they knew to come so Alice is just not like lost to the wind There's, it's clearly she's making her way through something and then any person with a brain would tie the fact that she's in the Amazon down there you know in the in the South America the Brazil area where those tribes were that we started mm-hmm. this story off with but you know whatever no we're just like oh it's a shock when this dude walks out of the tree line wearing tribe garb here's another thing totally off like off the wall we've talked about this a bunch when we watch this so the vampires they don't feel anything they don't feel cold or hot but why are they all huddled up got all their gear on in the snow making bonfires like why do they they don't need that jacob doesn't need it no because he runs like 108 degrees all the time 180 degrees that's right <laughs> i said 108 no i know i just keep every time i bring it up it just it gets hotter and hotter like you're like 200 degrees um, my only guess is with the denali's like in the movie they show edward or bella and jacob and them go take renesme up there uh yeah. where the denali's are they're trying to blend in but they live in the middle of fucking nowhere yeah you see their house who's gonna see them yeah, I mean, I get the whole trying to blend in thing, but also when you're in the middle of the field about to have this epic vampire werewolf battle thing, um, nobody's there. That's why you picked mm-hmm. this location. So who are you trying to blend in with? Mm-hmm. And it's just such a stark difference because Safrina and Senna, obviously they're not dressed like that. And then when the other dude comes and his aunt, they're also dressed like they're in the Amazon. I'm like, see, that makes sense because it doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe, Maybe it's the movie makers and stephanie meyer uh, attempting to really adhere to the stereotypes so obviously if you're from ireland you're wearing uh wool and uh wool page boy caps and stuff like that so and if you're in the from a in the middle of the amazon you're clearly wearing a loincloth you're wearing leather straps yes that's it yeah Yeah. (laughs) good job with the stereotypes Got it. <laughs> um, so now everyone's there. They they get it. She's not an immortal child. She's not going to like have a tantrum and destroy the town of Forks. Like everyone's on that. But the Volturi come, and this is where in the book and the movie it's so different. And I have to say that the movie is way better how they did this because in the movie the book it's so anticlimactic. It's like uh Alec does his little gas thing and then benjamin creates a sinkhole to slow him down but we've already talked about how his fire can counteract the gas mm-hmm. but he use that he goes for the sinkhole what <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a, a couple little other things like it's like little bl- like blips of conflict 
but overall nothing really happens and then we all just kind there's of there's like, no epic battle no alice comes out she's got the the dude from the amazon with his aunt and he's 150 years old he's half human he can drink blood or eat human food he turned his aunt so his aunt's a vampire now and arrow's like this is amazing it's fascinating and then we kind of just all go our happy ways like yay but in the movie and now i remember because i obviously read these books a while ago and then i saw the movies when they came out when i saw this in the theater i was shocked and i remember having the shock feeling so i'm like what the fuck is happening because when carlisle's <laughs> head is ripped off i'm like what is yeah. this what is <laughs> yeah and then at the end it's like oh it's just a vision yeah, uh-huh. this is what could uh-huh. happen. Yeah. And then again, you know, we kind of just all... And here's the thing. Bella spends all this time practicing on her little, like, I'm um, a shield. But I guess she uses it a little bit. But even in the movie, it still feels like it's lackluster. Yeah. I know in the book, I felt like, who cares? Yeah. Well, she doesn't really have too much of a reason. I mean, there's the one part where... In the book, uh, Jane goes from person to person, trying to use her power on them, but Bella has the shield up covering everybody, and then she realizes she has this epiphany that if you cover the alpha, then the whole pack is covered, and you don't have to worry about stretching it out that far, but other mm-hmm. than that, I mean, it's there's nothing really useful. Yeah, that also didn't make any sense. I'm like, how does that physically matter? I got the alpha, everyone else is good. What? What? But anyway... But if that's I, the case, you'd think that if uh, if she could cover Edward, then, I mean, I don't know if mind reading, but if he can touch other people's minds, that he would be able to impact. But whatever. We're thinking way too much into this. Yeah. Okay. For an author just, that writes just, at a fifth grade level. Let's just get this over with. Not as bad as <laughs> Nicholas Sparks, though. Yeah, not as bad. Fuck you. There are, some com- there are some complex sentences in these books. <laughs> There's like three. It's way more it's than not like, it's, it's not 600 pages of C-spot run. Yeah. Yeah. One thing they left out, though, in the movie is Garrett's little speech that yeah. he gives, which I thought yeah. was such a missed opportunity because you get Lee Pace up there just talking, beautiful man. But no, yeah. we don't. We don't do it. You no. just have this stupid little thing where he's like, the Redcoats are coming, the Redcoats are I'm like, that's stupid! Yeah, dumb. He's better than that. He's so much better. He's so much better. So here's my thing. I'm going to, this is how I'm going to end this where in the movie, it's great. It was very exciting battle scene. Yay. But what about this? Alice cannot see the werewolves. Mm -hmm. If they are close or have anything to do with the event, she cannot see it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a for three movies, that is what has been ingrained in us. And now it's like, nah, it's not convenient anymore. We need Alice. So mm-hmm. now Alice has a vision of all the werewolves, decisions that the werewolves are making, futures of the werewolf with the infant that he imprinted on. How? It's convenient, like you said. And we're just supposed to go, cool. And we did. We go, okay. <laughs> So the end of the movie is like, yay, the Volturi leave, but I still, I still want my prizes, Arrow, you know? Um, 
And then we're everyone's a happy family again. They're together. Jacob and Edward have this fun little dialogue where he's like, should I call you dad now? And Edward's like, no. Absolutely. That not. was actually pretty funny. I thought that was that pretty was humorous. Funny. I think that was good timing and delivery. So thank yeah. you. That was yeah. the best out of all five movies. That yeah. that dialogue right there. I'm like, okay. That and and Michael Sheen's maniacal laugh. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have Alice having a little vision of the four of them on a beach somewhere. And Renesmee is like a, an adult-ish, but probably still a seven. Is that still weird, though? Like, okay, she's physically mature, but you know she was born three years ago. Like, is that weird? That is very weird. Also, considering okay. the fact that Jacob is still technically 16 years old, but he looks like a 27-year-old. But also remember... He matured faster too, so he's really yeah. like 26. Yeah, there's really a 26 year old with a three year old. Oh, no, it's gross, people. It's gross. But it's, Alice has this vision, they're all happy. Edward sees her vision, does her thoughts, and everyone's like, Yay! And then, like, that's it. Then we go into the yeah. real long, everyone has a credit type ending. Yes. And bringing songs back from the first movie. Yeah. 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 Yay. Which every time we watched it, I would just break out and start singing. Because I, 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 I will admit, I love that song. It is a good song. The soundtracks yeah. for the whole movie are actually really good. I like them. Yeah. I like it. Uh, did we miss anything big? I don't think so. That's really it. You know what? I really don't care. So we had a massive, like almost 800 page book and two movies. So four hours of film to not really have a lot. Yeah. There's not really much going on there. So well, I that, noticed that a lot of, especially the dialogue in the book was lifted, put directly into the movie. Yeah. Like almost word for word. Yeah. It was all this stupid shit in the middle that they took out. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's tell everyone how we feel about this then. Um, Jackie, do you want to do the honors? Um, Sure. Okay. I'm going to keep my book review simple. I gave the book a two out of five. That's it. I have nothing (laughs) more. Um, The movies, part one and two, I'm going to say a 5.24 out of 10. (laughs) 5.24. It's a totally random number. I just came up with something. I just didn't want to do a straight five out of 10. Got it. Um, And it was kind of, it would serve as my aggregate between part one and two. So if I rated them separately, I think I'd probably go with one higher than the other, but it's, it's too much thinking required in that. But the reason for my 5.24 is the movies have all the important stuff from the book with uh, without all the insane detail about the stupid dust motes. Seriously, <laughs> it was way too much. Way too much. I don't I care what dandelions look like or if you can see a spider in great detail. I really don't give a shit. Just That's one of those where it's almost it's better visually cuz that whole sequence is just stunning, right? But you yeah. get it. You get all the detail from that. Yeah. With a quick one second flash, Bella looks over, dust mode. Okay, wow, great. You can see individual particles. Awesome. Moving on. <laughs> That's Jackie. Okay. So I 
I originally went to Goodreads and gave it a two out of five, but here's the thing. I'm changing it. I'm giving it a one out of five because okay. is I've reread it and I really did not want to finish this book. If we didn't have this podcast, I would have put it down and put it away. So I'm giving it a one out of five. The movies, part one, I did mine separately. Part one, I'm giving a seven out of 10 because I think it's secretly becoming a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be it's secret about it. Oh, it's goodness. one of those where I feel like I could just put it on and put it on the back and, and play like games on my phone. And and just to hear Steven next to me go, not this again. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say, anytime Steven's pissed you off, just turn this movie on. Yeah, that's what I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Five out of ten for the part two. I didn't hate it. There's just a lot of extra shit, like all the extra vampires, and they're like, oh, this, this, and that. I'm like, I don't care. I really didn't mm-hmm. care. But I didn't hate it. So five out of ten. Yeah, I think I like the first one. I think I just like the story. It's like mind-numbing a little bit. You don't really have to think yeah. much. And it's it's kind of cute to me. So that's rare. But Jackie and I believe are on the same page, and we're going to flip the script a little bit here. Up until now, we've said just read the book. But now we're to the point where we say, fuck this book. Just watch the movies. Yeah. it's You know what I think it is? What? The whole Jacob book in the middle. Yeah, the way it's written out, like, it, it's just really drawn out. And I think even though the movie is two parts... I think it's visually, they put a lot more into it. It's just, it's beautifully captured. They can convey like a whole chapter's worth of information in like one scene. I I think Mm -hmm. it was a better use of the adaptation this time. Um, And they left out the parts that I guess, like they left out the stud services. And I thank you for that, Hollywood. I thank you. That and him going um, on a joyride in the Aston Martin. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'm gonna go find totally unnecessary. Yeah, I'm gonna go find somebody to print on. Like, I don't think that's how it works, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. Have fun. Bye. Like the whole time, he really does need to be on a registry somewhere because he's going to this park and just going up to random girls, staring at them. It's so weird. He's a predator, (laughs) literally and figuratively. (laughs) Registry. Registry. Well, Jackie, we did it. <clears throat> We're done. We're finally done. Oh, we God. never have to touch these books again. Ever. Ever. Oh. All right. You know, and, and we're closing out Pride Month. So to all our sparkly kings and queens out there, happy Pride Month. I hope it was everything you hoped for. I hope you're all living your, your lives against the grain. Not letting anyone keep you down. Do what you want. Do what makes you, love you. feel Mark good. Mark and Dennis, I love you. <laughs> well, next week uh, is we're going into our American Military Month. We are celebrating our Independence Month with uh, some American military books. We're going to go through some different wars. Uh, I think we're starting off with Civil War. We have a World War II that we're going to do. We have a Vietnam story. We have a Gulf War. And then we have an Iraq-Afghanistan so we're gonna we're gonna go through it because there are five weekends in July. It has the potential to be very somber, but we will yeah try to try to make it entertaining at least. We will try with being respect <laughs> while being respectful. 
Yes. I am kind of excited that we switched out one of our uh, books that we are going to do Jarhead now. So that should be interesting. Yeah. That's an entertaining movie. Yeah. I, I haven't read the book. Yeah, I haven't read. I didn't even yeah. know it was a book for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think it's a, like a memoir. I mean, it's still a book, but I think it's a memoir. Yeah. It's not a novel. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're done with Twilight. Good riddance. Thank God. Thank you, baby Jesus. And then if next, we wanted to burn books, this would be on the top of our list. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but next week we are uh, we're doing Red Badge of Courage, it's a Civil War book, and it's an older movie, so. Uh, I think it might be a little bit outside of the norm for our audience yeah. base, but we want to open up your your boundaries here, right? We're gonna like we're gonna introduce you to some some other areas of older cinematography. Yeah, and uh, the great Audie actually. Murphy. Yeah, Audie Murphy. Woo! Yeah, Jackie and I are going to be armying it up next week. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.